faithfulness. Amen. Goodness, this weather is just a testament to that also. If you get, if you're sitting outside and you're freezing, make sure you stand up or something. I don't know, stomp your feet or I don't know. I, I look, I look kind of, this is actually a plus for me. I'm a larger man who, who fell in love donuts with donuts at an early age. So this is actually really nice to feel a little cool. You know, like I, this is, I'm not sweating. I can see you and it's, this, this is good. Uh, we're continuing in our series on getting to know Jesus in 2021. And we're doing so by um, studying the gospel of Mark. Um, I missed out because I didn't get to kick off the series, but I wanted to fill you in on some of the little background information. Most scholars think that Peter was behind the Gospel of Mark. He was one of the, was probably the primary source. Uh, with Luke, it was probably mother of Jesus, Mary, and he did all of his homework and did all over the place, but I'm getting tangential right here. But as far as Mark is, it was the first to show up. It was actually the first gospel to be written. And Paul has already written most of his letters. Chronologically, that blew my mind. But these, the gospels came out to, to firm up the truth that Jesus was the Son of God, the Messiah, the, the Rescuer. And um, Mark particularly is is fast he wanted to get he it was the first to be written and he was the first to put it on paper and he wanted to get it out there and he wanted to spread it as quickly as possible that's why last week i said if you're got some extra time which most of us do because this pandemic deal sit down give a couple a couple hours before lent starts in a couple weeks and sit down and just read the gospel of mark and reintroduce yourself to Jesus Christ, who, who this is all about, right? That's, where, that's what we're doing here, right? Amen? Amen. I heard a couple amens, and that's a good thing. All right. A honk, a honk or two is nice, too. All right. Um, we're going to pick up. We're still in chapter one. Uh, but I want to point out that I, pr- I, t- I talked about Jesus preaching, but Jesus has already called the disciples and healed people before he starts preaching. And then we're studying a text where he heals again. And um, what does that tell us about Jesus? What is the fact that he's healing people before he's telling people why he's here? I think that says a lot about him. And, and Mark's Jesus is ultra-compassionate. And he's really quick to go against the forces that are at work and stand up for the little person. And we'll see that a little more this this morning. Um, Anything else I need to say before we read the text? No, I think that's good. We're going to open our Bibles up um, to Mark chapter 1. And... I'm going to read verses 40 through 45, 40 through the end of chapter 1. And remember that Jesus has just, he went off and he prayed. And we know that his power is coming from God, his Father. And then he tells us why he came, this motive. 
And then this happens. A leper came to him, begging him, begging him, and kneeling, he said to him, if you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand, and he touched him. And he said to him, I do choose. Be made clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer your cleansing, offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the word so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed in the country and people came to him from every quarter. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First, in comes this, this man with leprosy. Um, just a little background information. Leprosy was, it described a lot of diseases. It described a lot of skin disorders. It's, it, it was used in, in this time to describe people with all kinds of ailments that were on the outside. And according to Moses and the law, unclean. So you have, to, you have to step back into this text. you got to step back into this time. Put yourself in a place where you haven't been touched in a while. They make you live outside of the city. You have your own grocery stores or you have your own markets. You have your own paths. You have your own life, but it's totally separate from everyone else. There's normal and then there's you. There's clean, and then there's you. There's the people that have it together, and then there's you. I think actually in this COVID-19, we, we can identify a little more. Isn't that right? You know, I, I long for the day where we can just hug each other. Sorry to be creepy, but... <laughs> you know, like I just, I just, I can't wait to hug everybody. I can't wait to, to just have the physical contact. So, identify with this leper. And then, out of the gate, he begs Jesus. He kneels before Jesus. He drops to his knees and he says, "Hey, if you're willing, I'd love to be back, like amongst." The living. I, I, would, I would love to be back amongst the normal people. Heal me if you're willing. What does this tell you about Jesus? I think you could tell something was different when Jesus walked near you. I think you, you can read behind this text that Jesus had this vibe 
that hit you before he spoke. And it tells us that the rumors are flying. He's already done some miracles, and there's already some word like gathering. This guy might be it. This guy might be the Messiah. This guy might be something that changes everything. I think we we do mirror this. I feel like I beat you up a little last week. <laughs> but I, I know several of you, as I look out here, I know when you're in the room before you say a word. I know when you're around because you have the mark of the Savior on you. There is something different. And I want to, I want to encourage us in that direction. And in this text, right out of the gate, we're called to be like Jesus in that we're called to be different in a healing presence, not an angry presence, not a judgmental presence, but a presence that's attractive, like I talked about last week, like th- that a, a presence that radiates love. When I was doing my chaplaincy in uh, Mission Hospital, right before I was graduating Fuller Seminary, there was this... Um, volunteer chaplain and she was a Catholic woman and she had 12 kids before retiring and becoming a chaplain at this mission hospital and I swear I wanted her to be around me she was so tight with Jesus it was just this bubble, and she was a prayer warrior, and she was just this amazing person. And there's, there's a lot of that in this congregation, but I just want to encourage us, be like Jesus in every single one of these ways that we start to look at Jesus. What happens next? Jesus moved with pity. What does this tell us about Jesus? Jesus had compassion. One cam- commentator said, um, The miracles in this section of Scripture reveal that Jesus is not someone aloof, inaccessible, or detached. The fact that he had compassion shows us that he had a human heart. He was was fully God, but he was here. He was the player coach walking amidst the team. And a fellow human being comes up and says, I'm lonely. Nobody wants to be around me. I'm a misfit. Somehow change this. Jesus took pity on him. And then what's he do? Stretched out his hand. Stretched out his hand. I can't wait to be in the presence of Jesus the Christ. And I feel like we got eternity. We got to get around the Savior, right? Right? Anybody agree or no? Okay, good. I just want to make sure you're awake every once in a while. It's hard because all the masks and stuff. I say this every week, but Charlotte Dumont, I love that. Anyway, I just love you. Anywho, it's going to be so cool when he reaches out and touches you and I, right? And metaphorically, he's... He's met me in my most hurting and lonely place. But he stretches out his hand. 
and he touches him and he speaks over him. What does this teach us about Jesus? A touch is a sign of acceptance. He does not treat people as outcasts or some kind of pollutant. He's not afraid of leprosy. And it also teaches us his words have power. His words have the power of his father infused inside them. Right? That's phenomenal. That he shares that with his father, right? And I, I interject my sermon about how I wish I could say, hey, donut, and there would be a donut right here in my hand. But Jesus is walking around, and he's cloaked in this human form, but he's got the power. He's the perfect combo. He's here, and he can do something about it. I love how Mark captures the immediacy. And there's all, there's all kinds of action, right? Immediately, leprosy leaves the dude. He's no longer a leper. He doesn't have leprosy anymore. What does this teach us about Jesus? His power to cleanse is thus demonstrably greater than the power of the leprosy to contaminate. Jesus' power is bigger than your problems. Jesus' power is bigger than our loneliness. Jesus' power is, our, is bigger than the things that weigh us down and confuse us and darken the port, like path forward. Amen. Johnny M., there you are. Preach, preach, huh? Okay. Then what's Jesus do? This is really confusing, I think, to me. He sternly warns them. What does he sternly warn them to do? Two things. Keep it quiet. Keep it quiet. Now, now before I talk about the second thing, why does he say keep it quiet? Anybody? I think commentators say it's because he's not supposed to get crucified yet. <laughs> that it's not supposed to be, it's not supposed to come to a head. You know, he's got to keep it on the wraps. My favorite take was N.T. Wright. He was talking about, he says keep it quiet because he's the real deal. He doesn't, he doesn't want the spectacle. He's more about the God that's doing the healing than the healing. He's more about his father accepting the least and the lost than the least and the lost being cured. So he says, keep it, keep it quiet, keep it safe. But then he says, go to the temple. Why? Did Jesus come to abolish the law or to fulfill it? Fulfill it. A plus. Everybody who said fulfill it or thought fulfill it, you get a gold star. Anything in the parking lot's yours. It's complimentary. Okay? 
If you can get Johnny's keys off him, uh, never mind. Okay. Uh, he came to fulfill it. I like that, right? I like that he says, go prove to everybody that I'm the real deal. Go, go prove to them. Play within the rules of the law. Go get cleansed by the priest. Go get like the stamp of approval by the, by the synagogue of the time, the church of their day. They also, in saying it, he's in saying that keep it quiet and then also go about and go through the proper channels. Out-bureaucrat the bureaucrats. Be bigger than the system by playing the system's game and winning. It's the same when Paul says, you know, be so good that nobody can hold anything against you. That's what he's saying. He's saying, do this. Get back in the game and show them. I'm the Messiah they've been talking about in all these letters and all these words from these prophets and these followers of, of, of my father, Abba. It says it, there's something bigger going on. In saying keep it quiet and then go through the rules, there's something bigger going on. And I agree with most commentaries that Jesus' healings are not really about the healings. They're about confronting the world's systems and being bigger than them. Remember in a couple Sundays ago, I mean, we were outside and I was talking about how you know, there usually is two options. You know, you can fight or flight. But Jesus is always about that third option. And he's about it here. A guy named Myers says, Jesus' healing ministry is thus portrayed as essential part of his struggle to, to bring concrete liberation to the oppressed and the marginal of Palestinian society. Look at the big picture. Look at this gospel that we've been, we're, we're zooming in on getting to know Jesus the Christ. He first, he goes alone and he battles Satan in the desert. And he wins, proving he's the second Adam. He's the Messiah. Then he walks in, he starts healing people. Then he walks in, he starts healing more people. Oh, first, he picks out the losers. He picks out all these disciples that are just, they, they kind of failed at being rabbis, they've been failed at everything else, and so they're stuck being fishermen. And so he just picks up all these misfits, and he says, you know what you guys are? And they're probably all like, uh, unemployed. And then he's like, uh, you're my dream team. And they're looking to the right and looking to the left. That guy's not my dream team. And, you know, but Jesus is like, no, no, you're my dream team. 
And then he starts healing people, and he starts healing some more people. Then he goes off to his father, reminding everybody, we got to get back to God and talk to him and listen for him, and he's our power source. And then he goes back out, and he starts sharing how good of news he himself is, and then he continues to heal, and there's this text right here, and he touches the person that is feeling the most outside. You know, if, you're, if, you're, if your game plan is to transform the world, if you write a business book or you write any leadership book, you pick out the winners, right? You pick out the, you know, like the, the CEOs, you pick out the Zuckerbergs, the, the Gates, the, all those people, and you say, hey, let's change some stuff and let's do some stuff. Let's, let's revolutionize how we do life and what, what this world's really all about. But Jesus is going counter of that and totally opposite in this third option. And he's saying, you know who the most valuable person is in my kingdom? It's the person that's walking through life and doesn't feel like anybody can touch them. Doesn't feel like anyone accepts them. Doesn't feel like anyone loves them. There's the in crowd and then there's them. And there's you and I that on those days where we're not at our A game. We failed yet again. And that's why this is such good news. Jesus is coming to you and I this morning and saying, my power is bigger than your leprosy. My power is bigger than your flaws. My power is bigger than your loneliness. My power is bigger than you not being accepted. You're my dream team. And then you see how ridiculous his first command was. Keep it quiet. Imagine being that dude that hasn't been touched in maybe over a decade and being cured of leprosy. What's that dude do? He starts running around. He doesn't listen to Jesus' first command. He says, I don't really care what you tell me. I'm going to tell everybody I've ever met and I'm going to scream it from the highest place I've ever been. I just found the God of the universe wrapped in a body. And that guy took away my greatest disease and took away all the reasons people were standing 12 feet away from me. I've been applying this all the way through, but I want to read this, this, this quote and just pop out applications. I just bolded. It's from this uh, commentator named Garland. He says this. If Jesus is the model for the church's ministry, we see that he never condemns. That's, our, that's one of our applications this morning. Never condemn the afflicted. He never tells people they are sinners or that they are possessed by unclean spirits. We, in, we see instead one who is confident in the power of God, who touches the unclean and restores the banished to his community and the sick to a meaningful role of service. Amen? Amen. That's part of the service. We get involved 
in continuing to worship our God with our resources. Just for an update, y'all keep blowing my mind with how much you give in offerings and tithes. We had yet again $15,028.50. 15, I want to meet the person that put the 50 cents in. I love that person. Whoever, I don't know. I've, I always, I think this is the first time I've ever re- like said that update and there's been like a sense, 50 cents. I don't know. I don't know why I'm so excited about that 50 cents, but I just really am proud to serve amongst you. And I'm proud that we don't condemn. I know on my bad days I do. But for the most part, I'm surrounded right here by the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant folk. And we love first. Amen? And this is an encouragement to get to know the Jesus that is going to empower us to see the people that are outside. The people that are not right here. As people that he loves and adores. Anyway, back to the call for the offering. Grateful to God for each of you. This morning's tithes and offerings are now received. The choral anthem you are about to uh, hear, it's um, one of the best uh, pieces we have in our music library. And uh, it is on other churches as well. And it's uh, for a good reason. Um, the name of it is Thou Art Holy. And the composer, Craig Corney, touches on one aspect that uh, was not done before, at least as much as I know about choral music. And, uh, and that is not only the great praise of the Lord that his name entails, but the mystery of God and mystery of his creation. Um, and the choral piece has three um, uh, uh, three images that um, I would just to touch briefly. The first one is the mystery of God in creation uh, and the creation itself. The second one is the great midday sun praise of all the creation as included. And the third one is for us the Christians the internalizing of that great experience in our contemplative mode. That will kind of uh, give you the guidelines to, uh, to be able to see what uh, the music is talking about. As an inspiration for that, if you uh, bear with me a little bit, I would like to read from the New King, New King James uh, Version Bible, uh, the first verses uh, um, from the uh, Genesis uh, chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of, the, of, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I, ma- I must add number four. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Let's listen intently to especially the beginning of this great uh, piece of music. And I hope that this comes in a, in, in, a, in a small way 
to aid the great sermon we heard about healing, I think bring us some home, um, help me with this word, wholesomeness. Yep, all right, thank you.
Our God is holy. Amen. Amen. This is actually, it's a little bit of a bummer, but I, I still, I think we're going to have, there's pluses. There's pluses. We get to be outside, but the minus is we don't get to lay hands on our brothers and sisters that are stepping forward and being ordained and installed as elders and deacons this morning. Um, so there's a little bit of my heart that's just kind of, uh, um, but it's right on the, right on the, the front of the building. Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Um, Reformed theology is covenantal theology. Um, it's, it's got a, a river running through it of, of God coming down and making covenants between his humans and himself, his creation and himself. And so we're, as a congregation, and then as new deacons and elders, making a covenant with the God who runs this Presbyterian Church of the Covenant um, to lead and be led by these deacons and elders and to listen for God's voice. And so I'm inviting all new, like uh, deacons that are signing, uh, like new deacons um, and new elders to come forward and just kind of spread out throughout the grass. Um, and we're going to do an ordination and installation service. And there are two people being ordained and installed. The others are, have already been ordained and are just being installed. And I'll just mention the people that are being ordained and installed, and that's the Steve Atkins and the Kathy Rasmussen. So uh, kind of just spread out. I don't know if we should... You should have chairs or what, but maybe you should turn and face and wave to them all and then turn and face us. Um, but it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4, there's one body and one spirit. Just as we were called to the one hope of our calling. In baptism, Kathy Rasmussen, Ellen Nixon, Jane Carlisle, Steve Atkins, Don Beard, Corey Allen, Sandy Hughes, Patty Ernest were clothed, clothed with Christ and are now called by God through the voice of the church to enter into ministries of service and governance, announcing in word and deed the good news of Jesus the Christ. Now, we are all called into the church of Jesus Christ by baptism and marked as Christ's own by the Holy Spirit. This is our common calling, to be disciples and servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Within the community of the church, some are called to particular service, as deacons, as elders, as ministers of the word and sacrament. Ordination in Christ's gift to is Christ's gift to the church, assuring that his ministry continues among us, providing for ministries of caring and compassion in the world, ordering the governance of the church, and preaching the word and administering the sacraments. Representing the Holy, Catholic, and Apostolic Church, the session of the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant now ordains Kathy Rasmussen, 
to the office of deacon and Steve Atkins to the office of elder and installs them to active service on their respective boards. The session also installs to active service those who have been previously ordained deacons. Carol Chase, Karen Mora, Ella Nixon, Jane Carlisle, and the elders, Sandy Hughes, Corey Allen, Don Beard, Patty Ernest. She calls us, the whole church. That's you and Danny and Kim over there. Or it calls us to be renewed to our commitment and reminds us all to hear gladly the yoke of Christ given in the covenant of baptism. Let us therefore, everybody present, reaffirm our baptismal vows, renouncing all that opposes God and God's rule and affirming the faith of the holy universal Catholic Church. Is everybody ready? I'm going to ask you some questions and you're going to say, I do. Especially if you think it's true. Okay. Trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power in the world? Please say, I do. Do you turn... Hold on, let's pause for a second. I'm going to pray. God, I just pray if that's an ambulance that whoever is at the other end is ministered to and healed. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Do you turn to Christ and accept Him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in His grace and love? Please say, I do. Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? Please say, I will with God's help. And here's the profession. With the whole church, let us confess our faith. And it's supposed to be printed in the bulletin, but hopefully some people know Apostles' Creed. Uh, I won't make it a pop quiz. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You remember that? Does anybody remember that? Okay, perfect. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. And all God's people said, Okay, constitutional question. This is just to you guys. And have I told you lately I love you? Uh, Corey says, no, I love you, Corey. I, you're ridiculous. I think your servant's heart is phenomenal. And this is the team that I, this, you're my dream team by far. It's amazing. Uh, I'm going to ask you some questions. Please respond with I do. Do you trust in Jesus Christ, your Savior? Acknowledge him, Lord of all and head of the church, and through him believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please say I do.
Do you accept the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments to be the Holy, by the Holy Spirit the unique and authoritative witness to Jesus Christ in the church universal and God's word to you? Please say, I do. Do you sincerely receive and adopt the essential tenets of the Reformed faith as expressed in the confessions of our church as authentic and reliable expositions of what scripture leads us to believe and do? And will you be instructed and led by those confessions as you lead the people of God? Please say, I do and I will. Will you fulfill your office in obedience to Jesus Christ under the authority of Scripture and be continually guided by our confessions? Please say, I will. Will you be governed by our church's polity and will you abide by its discipline? Will you be a friend among your colleagues in ministry working with them subject to the ordering of God's word and spirit. And before you say I do, I will on this one, realize this is the one that you're committing to serve one another. This is the one that you're not going to be mean to one another. This is the one that you're, you're going to respect each other's opinions and we're going to reasonably work through things. Please say I will. A plus. Good job. I'm glad you guys all said that. All right. Will you in your own life seek to follow Jesus Christ, love your neighbors, and work for the reconciliation of the world? Please say, I will. Do you promise to further the peace, unity, and purity of the church? Please say, I do. Will you seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? And I know you. And please say, I will. Sharon? To the deacons, will you be a faithful deacon, teaching charity, urging concern, and directing the people's help to the friendless and those in need? In your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ? If so, say, I will. Will you be a faithful elder, watching over the people, providing for their worship, nurture, and service? Will you share in government and discipline, serving in governing bodies of the church? And in your ministry, will you try to show the love and justice of Jesus the Christ? Please say, I will. Now, this is to us, church, again. Everybody still awake? Okay, good. If you need to stand up, stand up and point at somebody. Because this is where, this is my favorite part of weddings, is when I ask the congregation to stand behind the couple. And I, would you, uh, elders and de deacons, please face and try and lock eyes with as many people as possible and realize there's so much wisdom right there and there's so much responsibility and there's so much support. Uh, we love you as deacons and elders and we, the church, are in your corner. And this is what these promises are from you, church. Listen, do we, the members of this church, accept these elders and deacons chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ. Please say we do. Do we agree to encourage them to respect their decisions, to when it's safe, invite them over for dinner, to when it's safe, hug them like crazy, and to follow them as they guide us, serving Jesus Christ who alone is the head of the church. Please say we do. Okay, we're going to go before God 
at prayer of ordination, this is where we would have everybody circle around and they would huddle up and we would lay hands on them and there would probably be tears and breaking of hearts. But uh, this is a lesser shadow version of that. Feel free, if you can, hold your arm up to them and be in their corner. And Sharon will kick off our prayer of ordination. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Eternal God, we give you thanks for your steadfast faithfulness to us. In every age, you have called forth leaders to serve you and equipped them with your gifts. Among your people, Israel, you appointed prophets, priests, and rulers. You called pastors and teachers, bishops, elders, and deacons to build up your church. With Moses, the 70 elders bore the burden of your people, ministering in the power of your spirit. God of grace, pour out your Holy Spirit on these, your faithful deacons in the church. Give them openness to the Holy Spirit's leading, that they may see and serve wherever there is need. In everything, give them the mind of Christ, who did not grasp at greatness, but emptied himself to become a servant of your reign. Give them joy in their walk of faith. Alongside the apostles, deacon cared for all in need and guard the community's peace. God of grace, pour out your Holy Spirit on these faithful elders in your church. Give them prudence and sound judgment, wisdom and courage in order to order the life of the church in obedience to your word. Guide them in governance on this session and in every court of the church that they may be servant leaders following Christ who came not to be served but to serve and to give his life to set others free. Give them joy in their walk of faith. In the church, deacons, elders, and pastors serve together so that your whole people might be equipped for ministry and built up into the full unity of Christ. For your servants in every age, O God, and for the church of Jesus Christ, we give you thanks and praise. Through the waters of baptism, gracious God, Am I on yet? Okay. Gracious God, through the waters of baptism, you have claimed us as your own and called us to share in Christ's ministry. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us that we may discern the gifts you have given, calling them forth from one another and together use these gifts for the good of all. In obedience to Christ and in the unity of the Spirit, may we proclaim the good news. Make disciples. Be light and leaven. Share our bread. Offer a cup of cold water. Wash one another's feet. Make us strong in Christ to live as your people and show forth your saving, your love in the world. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray these things. Pour out your spirit of power and truth upon the whole church that we may be for you a holy people, baptized to serve you in the world. 
Sustain this congregation in ministry. Ground us in the gospel. Secure our hope in Christ. Strengthen our service to the outcast and increase our love for one another. Show us the transforming power of your grace in our life together, that we may be servants of the gospel, offering a compelling witness in the world to the good news of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen, amen and amen. Would you turn and face me? I know you've been doing rotation. Are you dizzy yet, Steve? Okay, this is the end. Right now, I, I actually ordain you uh, and install you. Kathy Rasmussen, Ella Nixon, Jane Carlisle as deacons. Steve Atkins, Don Beard, Corey Allen, Sandy Hughes, Patty Ernest as elders. You are now deacons and elders in the church of Jesus Christ and for this congregation. Be faithful and true in your ministry so that your whole life will bear witness to the crucified and risen Christ. Welcome aboard. Everybody, round of applause. Go nuts. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I got one more thing for you. I got a charge, and it comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And everybody who's sitting, you've been sitting too long, put your hands out here and stand up and put them towards these folk. To the end of all things, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of, of, of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another. For love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another with, without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him be the, the glory, the power forever and ever. Amen. Now I'll pause again. And let's, let's worship the Lord one, little, one, one more time by singing Spirit of the Living God fall afresh upon us. Uh, let's prayerfully uh, sing uh, Spirit of the Living God, and uh, it is to be sung twice. <clears throat>
as we go into our time of prayer today, we want to especially remember in prayer the Leahy family as Brian's wife, Chrissy, passed away this week, leaving Brian and three children. And we want to pray for the whole Leahy family, for Jim and for Pat, as they've lost a daughter-in-law and they're supporting their son in his grief. So would you pray with me? God of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ, you promise to hear us when we pray to you in his name. Confident in your love and mercy, we offer our prayer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray for the church. Keep us true to the gospel and aware of our gifts and responsive to the needs of others. May others see your saving power by our faith, our worship, and our lives. Strengthen this congregation in its work and worship. Fill our hearts with your self-giving love that our voices may sing your praises and our lives conform to the image of your Son. We pray for our new President Biden in this first week of his term. We pray that the goals of peace and unity become reality. We pray for a kinder, gentler nation where all people care about each other and reach out to others with a helping hand. We pray for peace in our country during this time of transition. We pray for your guidance as decisions are made for our welfare. Direct all who govern that they may rule fairly, maintain order, uphold those in need, and defend oppressed people that the world may know true peace. We give thanks for the members who have answered the call to be deacons and elders. Bless those called to be deacons who lead us in service and caring and who follow the example of Jesus Christ, who came not to be served, but to serve. We pray for the elders that they may govern fairly and wisely. Lead them as they lead this church, discerning, teaching, and sharing your word. We continue to pray for all aspects of the COVID virus. We pray for those who are ill, that they may heal completely and quickly. We pray for the caregivers who give so much of themselves day after day. Keep them safe and well. We pray for the vaccines that are being offered, that they may be produced in the quantities needed and that communities may devise working plans to vaccinate, and the result may be the control and eradication of this disease. And we pray for all who have lost loved ones to this virus. We pray today for the whole Leahy family as they grieve the loss of Brian's wife, Chrissy. We pray for their children who have lost a mother and we pray for Jim and Pat as they support their son in his grief. Comfort them, we pray. We pray for those who suffer. Surround them with your love. Support them with your strength. 
console them with your comfort and give them hope and courage beyond themselves. Make the sick well, give hope to the dying, comfort those who mourn, uphold all who suffer in body or mind that they may know your peace and the joy of your supporting care. We pray for Buzz and Keith Coslin, for Elizabeth Van Doren, for Sandy Corbett and others who seek healing and wholeness. With your spirit to guide us and our worship reminding us that you are never far from us, help us become the disciples Christ would have us be. Attune our lives to the intent of the commandments that we may love you with heart, soul, and mind and be enabled to love our neighbors as ourselves. We pray in the name of Jesus who made such love possible and who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen and amen. I'd like to thank everybody on the podcast and uh, who was listening at home and thank everybody that was here. Sorry it went a little over time, but uh, that's what happens when we have a family meeting, right? That's what happens. So uh, please stand if you're able uh, and willing to receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shone upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and protect you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. Thank you very much. See you next week.